The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All two. This is Sports Rage. I am a rat. See the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Jerry in our chat asks where he can get my picks. Uh, right here on the programs, on the TV show, on the radio show, and on my Twitter, at uh, Sports Rage. I always post uh, my picks on Twitter for the most part. Because um, <laughs> hey, sometimes there's going to be a few in-games going to fall through the cracks. Uh, we did post a pick in the overnight hours for uh, Max Verstappen to win. Um, to win in Belgium, and he did, and it was nice. I put a nice play on this uh, this morning. This guy really is unbelievable, man. An unbelievable run for Red Bull Racing, an unbelievable run for Max Verstappen uh, this year. He started 14th on the grid, man. You know, it's not easy in Formula One. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, to be 14th. And everybody knew, basically, like, everybody even said, like, going into it, that they were like, yeah, he's 14th, but... Basically, you're going to just have to get out of his way. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like people, I saw George Russell. George Russell's a great driver. George Russell was like, yeah, he might be 14, but it doesn't matter. He's just going to blast through everybody, and you're really just kind of in his way, and he goes around you anyways. So, what? and Verstappen said the car was like a rocket ship. He goes, felt like a rocket ship out there today. Smooth, no problems. Man, like, he's so precise, Verstappen. They got perfect points. They got maximum points. Uh, Red Bull Racing out of this race. Another, it's it's almost, it's past comical now. Like with Ferrari and what they do to Charles Leclerc. It really is like unbelievable, isn't it? Like every week, every race, there's something happens with this guy. Today, they put the wrong tires on. They put the wrong tires on. <laughs> he goes into the pit. He goes into the pit. He comes out, and right away, as he's driving out of the pit, he says to them, he goes, hey, he goes, what's up with these tires, man? And and Buddy says, uh, it was an accident. And he said, what? And he's like, you can, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm surprised he didn't crash the car then. Dude, Charles Leclerc is unbelievable. Like, this guy, like, it's, I've never seen anything like this, that on a weekly basis, his team screws him, like, over. <laughs> like, every week, they put the bad tires, they make the wrong decision, like, they screw him in the pit. Like, something happens all the time. They always make the wrong decision with this guy. He goes in, they gave him the wrong tires. They gave him the wrong tires. He's like, oh, man. And like... <laughs> 
I, I don't know how the hell this guy doesn't, like, flip out after one of these races, man. Like, he's making a lot of money. He makes, like, $12 million a year or something like that, I think, if not a little bit more. I think in that range, whatever it was, uh, $12, 17000000 million a year. So he's making a lot of money. But, man, like, they've sabotaged this season. They've sabotaged their own season. I don't see how they don't replace the director of racing for Ferrari. There's just been too many mistakes. Sort of like the Buffalo Bills. Okay, we're not going to start firing people. This hasn't happened before, but do a better job next time screening players. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moransky. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Buffalo, and everybody else in between. Countdown to kickoff continues. College football is back. It returns um, full slate of football this week. SDSU and Arizona. What should be an improved Arizona Wildcat football team getting six and a half points against uh, SDSU. But we all know that the Aztecs are one of the most underrated and un- most non-talked about and appreciated programs in America. And even though I do believe that Arizona are going to be improved, um, I think that SDSU are going to roll them in their first ever game at Snapdragon Stadium. Speaking of uh, getting rolled in SDSU, the Buffalo Bills have rolled Matt Ariza off of their football team. We expect the Cleveland Browns to sign Matt uh, any, any, any second now. You know, like right after his agent probably told him, yeah, listen, it's not looking good, but uh, don't worry. The Browns will call us sooner rather than later. (laughs) They probably will, too. Uh, I wouldn't wouldn't put it past them. I I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, Max Verstappen uh, wins in Belgium. Just an absolutely unbelievable performance, an unbelievable season for Red Bull. And Ferrari does it again. You know Ferrari has to recall, like, every car they've made in the last 25 years? Like, what the hell is going on at the plant down there? <laughs> who's, who's running things over there? Scott Frost? I didn't, I didn't know Scott Frost was in charge of Ferrari racing uh, right now. And speaking of Scott Frost, man, you're ice. You're like icing on a cake, Frost. You're done, bro. You are so done. And normally I would feel bad for a dude that you know is about to get fired. But the fact that you threw Mark Whipple, the offensive coordinator, into the bus after the first game of the season, ah, you know, whatever. It is, uh, it is what it is. And what it is, the countdown to kickoff, NFL football is, uh, is rapidly approaching. The Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams preseason finally done. Feels like it was just last week that we had the Hall of Fame game, but it's, we're ready to rock and roll uh, right now. U.S. Open is ready to start as well. A lot of stuff going on. Roy McIlroy wins his third uh, his third FedEx Cup title and uh, takes home $18 million. A story that we didn't get to yet, a real tragic one as well. Washington Commanders running back. Brian Robinson hospitalized after he got shot in a carjacking attempt in Washington. If any player got drafted by Washington and said, I'm not going, would anyone blame them? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's that time again. Time to start thinking taxes. But this tax smart move for 2023 could make it less painful. Open and fund a Fidelity IRA before the tax deadline. You could reduce your taxable income in a traditional IRA or get tax-free withdrawals in retirement with a Roth IRA. 
Plus, there are no account fees or minimums to open an account. Get started at fidelity.com slash IRA. No account fees or minimums apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Fidelity Brokerage Services member NYSE SIPC. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I am Ramsey, the Pimps, the Players, the Hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Throwing it down. Thanks to Mo Khan for joining us in Level 1. Ian Cameron will step up in it and join us. We're going to go over a lot of college football games. So countdown to kickoff is on right now. The NFL, the preseason is done. Season starts next Thursday. Let's check in right now because, you know, we're, we're sort of – it's a lot of college games that you sort of have to go, oh, yeah, that game is this week. I got to be honest with you, I was looking at the college football uh, rotation and I saw I saw Georgia and uh, and the Oregon game. And I was like, no, man, that game's in like two weeks. That's not this Saturday. What's going on? Do they have the date right? And then I realized, no, it is this Saturday. The see it's, it's it's here. The season is here. All right. So so, you know, we got all this college football talk going on here, and all these games were setting the stage for the week. We got a bunch of great games on Thursday. Thursday alone is better than what Saturday was. And then, you know, it's like this Thursday, we have some really good college games Purdue and Penn State, um, Central Michigan and Oklahoma State. You wouldn't think, oh, that's a great game. Hey, last time Central Michigan were there, they beat them. All right. They beat them outright. So, um, you know, we got some really cool games. The Backyard Brawl, Pittsburgh and West Virginia. Friday, we got a bunch of cool games. And Saturday, you got some epic big-time games. So let's just check in with the NFL right now, now that the uh, the preseason is done. Uh, so, yeah, Johnson and Watt both got banged up uh, tonight in Pittsburgh against the, uh, the Detroit Lions. Uh, but uh, Coach Tomlin said after the game that uh, it's nothing serious and that uh, both will be ready to go against the Cincinnati Bengals. So for those of you, let's set the table here. For those of you that aren't really sure right, who's playing who, we've really focused in on the Bills and the Rams a lot. I like the Ram- I like the Bills to win this football game, and I think the Bills and the Rams are going to go over to 52-and-a-half. I think the Bills are going to win like 34-24 or something like that. It's going to get into the high 50s. The Bills' offense is just too good. Right, I, I get the, I get it that the Rams' defense is good, but the Bills are going to put points up on the board on these guys, and the Rams are going to have to respond, and I don't think the Rams are going to be able to keep up in a track meet. We've talked about it in the past. The Bills are not a um, – it's crazy to say they're not a good cold-weather team, but they're not the best. Like they're, they're at their best in perfect elements, the Bills, and this will be perfect elements at SoFi Stadium for them to operate with. So the Pittsburgh Steelers are getting six and a half points against the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow had appendectomy, appendectomy surgery a couple of weeks ago. He's still recovering right now. Um, not the best, not the best situation. I don't think the Bengals have had the best camp, uh, really. And it's it's you know it's that Super Bowl stuff, that Super Bowl hangover, right? 
it's not so much that the team loses the Super Bowl that that you know what I mean that oh they're just going to be automatically bad the next year, but. It takes luck to win a Super Bowl. It takes luck to get to a Super Bowl, too. So everything fell into place. And it's hard for teams in football to have everything fall into place, like, all the time. And already, you know what I mean, you're seeing that, you know, Burrow is, you know, he hasn't been able to practice. He he lost a lot of weight, too. I think the point spread's too high here. It's six and a half. They're laying six and a half to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And shout out to Sooner Lisa, who's also a Steeler fan. Total is uh, 44 and a half. The Philadelphia Eagles are laying th- uh, three and a half to the Detroit Lions. The total is 48 and a half here. There's going to be points in this game. The Detroit Lions defense is not very good. Uh, for the record, Jeff Okuda, we had Jeff Risden on the other night. Uh, Jeff Okuda did win the starting cornerback position. You would hope so. The guy was the third pick in the draft a couple of years ago. Um, the Eagles smashed the Lions last year in Detroit. It was like 44-6 or something like that off the top of my head. And I don't know. I'm not. I don't think it'll be 44-6, but I think it'll be. I think you know this is tough. I'm a Lions backer, but it's a bad matchup uh, for them against the Philadelphia Eagles. But it's three and a half, 48 and a half. The Indianapolis Colts are eight eight and a half point favorites in Houston. The total is 44 and a half in that football game. The New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. A lot of division uh, battles here. Colts-Texans divisional game. Uh, Saints-Falcons, another divisional tilt. This game, I don't understand why the total is 41.5. Like, is anybody, is anyone paying attention? Are the odds makers paying attention to the Atlanta Falcons? The Falcons' defense is worse than Nebraska's, okay? So, the Falcons' defense is going to get shredded by pretty much everybody that they play. Yet the Falcons' offense is going to respond and put points on the board, right? Like, I think the Falcons will always be playing from behind. You know what I mean? Like, they'll score a touchdown. Oh, now it's 14-7. It was 14-0. Now it's 14-7. <laughs> It'll be like 21-7. Oh, now it's 21-14. Atlanta scored. Like, I think they'll always be playing from behind, but they'll put points up. And You know what I mean? Will they? I think Atlanta could be a tricky team this year and cover some point spreads. Because Mariota's not going to tap out in these games because he's, he's trying to keep Ritter on the sideline. They will put points up. Like, to me, 41.5 is a little light. It's always the Jameis Winston situation. How healthy is Jameis, right? Um, that's my concern with the Saints in the big picture. But I do think the Saints are very live. And, in fact, I put the bet in. I played the Saints to win a division at plus three. Uh, I got plus 350 on it. Put the Saints in. It was a nice number at plus 350 to win a division. The Baltimore Ravens are laying six and a half to the New York Jets in New York, or I should say in New Jersey at MetLife. Totals 44 and a half in that game. Tua, very impressive camp in preseason for Tua, yet he's going to have to prove it in the regular season. I am a Tua backer. I believe in Tua, but I am aware that others aren't and don't, but that's why I think there's value with the Dolphins to go over eight and a half wins uh, this year. It's too light. If you look at the Miami Dolphins on paper, they have like top three, top five talent in the National Football League. Like, let's let, look at their offense. How many teams, like, honestly, like, if we're ranking teams and stuff, how many teams have like what they have? All right, the Rams have Cooper Cup, and now they have Allen Robinson. Um, you know, the Rams, Rams are impressive with Cooper Cup, but. You know who else? Who's like really deep? And it's like man, the Bills are the Bills have you know have some decent weapons. 
led by Josh Allen. But honestly, like on paper, if you look, like look at the Miami Dolphins. Tyreek Hill is still a star. So you got Tyreek Hill. Jalen Waddle's a freaking stud. Uh, Jalen Waddle is a stud out of Alabama. Mike Kosicki is a very good tight end, man. Right? That guy's like a very good tight end. Like, you know what I mean? He's tier two type thing. Like, you got the elite guys, and then, you know, he's right there. There's tier two. You got Kosicki. He's good. So, you look at their backfield. What their, what's their running back situation like now? They Raheem Mostert, Sonny Michelle, um, Chase Edmonds, uh, Gaskin. They're deep as hell. Right? Like, they're, they're, they've got a deep – they're on paper – the Miami Dolphins are as talented as anybody in the NFL. Defensively, they spent a lot of money on defense over the last couple of years. So defensively, they weren't great last year. They should be better than they were, to be honest. Their defense should tighten things up a little bit. But their defense was on the field a lot, and like their offense is going to be better now. They have a strong head coach. I like them to beat the Patriots. I think the Patriots, I've been telling you guys, I think the Patriots, I'm not a Mac Jones believer. Like everybody in the media, oh, Mac Jones this, Mac Jones that. What, what do you mean, why? Right? Yeah, he, he was with the Patriots and Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels not being there is not being discussed enough. Josh McDaniels, now I don't know. I don't know if Josh McDaniels is going to be a good head coach. He was a pretty good head coach in Denver, but he was spying on the other teams in Denver. Point blank. The Denver Bronco players said it. Like, remember last year they, there was a podcast with former Bronco players, and they said, "Man, when McDaniel's was here, he was unbelievable. He used to tell us like this is what they're going to do, and he'd tell us, trust me, just trust me and believe that this is what they're going to do, and I want you to like be here.' And I guess they were like six and zero, oh, whatever, six and one or something. And I guess the league found out that, like, he's a Belichick guy. He was basically, he was filming stuff, and he had his tricks. And they told him, stop doing it, and he got fired. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Set your mind free with a free plan from Fidelity. Start by organizing your plan around what matters most to you. As you go, you'll be able to see your full financial picture, which covers spending, saving, debt, and goals in one simple view. Get started by visiting fidelity.com slash free plan. Expenses charged by your investments and other costs and fees associated with trading or transacting in your account apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSC SIPC. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Late night 
Red Anger Match for Class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morency, Sirius XM Channel 159, throwing it down on the Sports Grid Radio Networks, the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. Let's bring in Ian Cameron right now, a.k.a. Babano. College of Football has arrived, and we've got a full slate of action uh, this week. I tell you what, guys, Thursday's card, like the, the games we have on Thursday – are better than what happened on Saturday in which uh, the favorites dominated for the most uh, part. Ian Cameron steps up and in. What's going on, Babano? How you doing? It was only seven games. It wasn't the most glamorous card you'll ever see, but it was great to have college football back on Saturday. Yeah, it's great to have uh, college uh, football back, and we're going to have some big-time college uh, football back in a couple of days, uh, Babano. It starts with a bang conference uh, play, Penn State and Purdue. we got the backyard brawl between Pittsburgh and West Virginia on Thursday. Central Michigan have given Oklahoma State big-time problems over the years, and, in fact, they beat them uh, at Oklahoma State a couple of years ago. we got Tennessee on the board, uh, but the big um, – the big game on Saturday that everybody's still talking about uh, the most was Northwestern's comeback on Nebraska. As Nebraska had a double-digit lead and Scott Frost decides to go for the onside kick. Northwestern win the game outright. And I'll tell you what, UConn gave uh, Utah State all that they could handle uh, yesterday as well. Yeah, those were the uh, two uh, underdogs that were, well, in one case, one outright and another that nearly did. And the one that nearly did was maybe even more stunning uh, with how big of a uh, battle Connecticut gave Utah State right from the early opening kickoff of that game. But we'll, no, we'll start with Northwestern because that that was the biggest game. It was a no, look, I'm not shocked that they won that game outright or not shocked that they covered because this is what we usually get now with Nebraska year in and year out. A lot of hype, a lot of, wow, this talent looks better than it's been. Oh, the defense is finally ready to take a step. Didn't look like it on Saturday. Couldn't get a stop when they needed it. Pass rush was not there when they needed it on Halinski. Breakdowns in coverage in the secondary. In fact, one of the Northwestern touchdown passes was a direct result of a brutal blown coverage in the secondary from Nebraska. And having said all of that, though, they have that back-and-forth first half. It looks like they're going to start pulling away. They lead by double digits, and you hit it the nail on the head with the turning point of the game. You know, why would you go onside kick? You've got Northwestern on their heels. You've got the game in a situation where you're starting to take control. You know damn well that if you don't recover that onside kick, you are giving this team momentum and and basically an advantage when there is none. When you're starting to really take and seize control in that football game. And sure enough, from the very moment Northwestern recovered that onside kick, didn't it just seem to you watching that Northwestern dominated the game for the rest of it? I mean, it really took a lot of the wind out of Nebraska's sails. They stopped moving the ball on offense. Casey Thompson and the offensive line started to get pressure on Thompson. And then the defense just caved in and allowed Northwestern to run the football, which they did very well. And I thought Alinsky played a hell of a game. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald playing possum with everybody, Morency not telling anyone who was starting quarterback was going to be right till the end when probably knew it was Alinsky all along trying to take people by surprise. Alinsky was ready to play. He played a good game. No, they were fired up. And the turning, listen, I never, I've, I've said this for years, Babano, I've never been a believer in one play being, you know, the deciding factor in a game. And even the onside kick, listen, there was a lot of plays, but you just said it. Like after that, the football game changed and you could just see the excitement of Northwestern when they were, when they recovered the onside, like really? Okay. You're giving us the ball like this. Okay, good, good, fine. And you, you know, 
And and Nebraska, the game went on. Let's just call it off for what it is. They started started to choke. Um, Let's just call it off for what it is. And one thing about, uh, we can go on and on about about Scott Frost and Nebraska. I mean, he's on borrowed time uh, right now, Babano. That's just a disaster. That's a game that you need to win. You're a double-digit favorite. You're up by double digits. That's my whole thing, Babano, with the onside kick. Like, like, why do you do that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're the L.A. Rams or something, Babano, and you're 10-2 and two and you won the Super Bowl and you're like, you know what, guys, let's go for the onside kick here. And if we don't get it, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. We'll stop them after anyways. It's like, bro, you are fighting for your job, Babano. You've got Northwestern on the ropes. Let your athletes just make plays. You took the game out of your players' hands uh, by doing that, and it clearly – it clearly motivated and and fired fired Northwestern up because honestly, Babano, it's an insult to your opponent when you do that too. Uh, we think we're beating you so much. I brought it up earlier, Babano. You remember the Montreal Alouette game against uh, the Edmonton Elks about a month ago when they were beating them like 31-12? Yes. They scored definitely. a touchdown. They went for the onside kick. Um, they got the onside kick, but then they ended up fumbling the ball after, and they never scored again after. I don't know. It just seems like if you're a bad football team, if you're a good football team, fine. Do whatever the hell you want to do. If you're a terrible team, a bad one, you're fighting for your job and wins are hard to come by, don't screw it up, bro. You know what I mean? It's like if you're a basketball player, you're going to start doing trick shots during the game because you're up by 11 points. It's just ridiculously stupid. It was. There's no other way of saying it. It was stupid. And I don't like saying one play changed the game, but that did that play changed the game. Let's just call it up what it is. Yeah, and it seemed like they couldn't get – like it seemed like it totally – it was a – it just took all the air out of the balloon for Nebraska. You didn't see a response. Nobody made a play on either side of the football exactly. the very moment after that. Let me just jump in. But you know what it is? Your kids in Nebraska, they're not good in close games. They always lose close games. They tighten up and they choke. So – if they're playing from ahead, let them play from ahead, Babano. You know what I mean? They're ahead. You notice when they were ahead, they played better. There's no pressure. It's like, hey, we're winning. It's fine. Hey, we were making plays. As soon as it was like, listen, we need to score. We need to get a first down. They couldn't do it. They were going backwards. No, they, and now they've got some real – I mean, I'm looking at the defense. I thought the defense last year was actually not bad. I thought the offense was their biggest issue last year. I thought the defense last yeah, year played okay. But it was horrible. Yeah, that was Saturday brutal. against Northwestern. <laughs> Northwestern was running the ball down their throat. You knew they were going to run, and they still couldn't stop them. You're giving up 528 total yards of offense to Northwestern. What's going to happen when you play Oklahoma September 17? What's going to happen when you go to the big house killed. on November 12th? That's going to happen. They're going to get smoked, bro. <laughs> that's that, that, that's what's going to happen uh, right there. Now, as far as UConn is concerned, Babano, uh, listen, we heard about Jim Mora, and Jim Mora was telling people, we're going to be a tough out, right? Like he was telling people that would listen that he thinks that he has a scrappy football team. You could tell the difference right away. Like you really could see what the tackling, the, you know, you, you could just see they were a well-prepared football team, but Ben, you know what I mean? They were in the right places at the right time. They're, you know, they're obviously still talent and uh, skill challenged, but at the same point in time, bro, they did bring in some transfers, right, from big-time schools, and you can see it. I mean, look, dude, they lost their quarterback and still battled with these guys. UConn are going to cover some point spreads this year, Babano. I'm starting to think – now, look, at there's this overreaction, underreaction type of situation when every team plays their first game. And coming out of this game, you've got to make the determination, do we downgrade Utah State more in our power ratings or do we upgrade UConn more Both. in our power ratings? Yeah. <laughs> 
I'll tell you what, the Utah State offense, it was it was stunning how long it took for them to get going. And I thought once they got it going in the second quarter, um, I thought they were going to pull away. It looked Me like too. they were wearing down Me UConn. Too. And sure enough, second half starts, and it's the same old, you know, some penalties, some turnovers, some, you know, leaving some points on the board, you know, not really able to run the football consistently. Definitely wasn't Logan Bonner's best game. Uh, Petros Papadakis was doing that game. He made a great point. He said these kids look like they want it. they're ready to fight. They're ready to battle this year for UConn. When last year they were laying down, the Randy Edsel thing was a disaster. I think he had I think he had checked out honestly. Uh, and that's, you know, I think that was a big part. And the players, you know, will follow if that's happening. So there was a lot more spirit. I thought the defense was good. And you're right, the guy that took over at quarterback, Turner, for UConn, who's another transfer from Florida, who had to replace Taquan Roberson, who got injured very early in the first quarter. He came in and played all right for the UConn Huskies. I see some hope That's for what I'm saying, Roberto. I they didn't have hope. guys from Florida before. You know what I mean? At least now you've got guys that was like that have actually been high school recruits yeah. as opposed to a bunch of dudes from the area. Hey, that <laughs> running back of theirs, Carter. Man, I was impressed with him for UConn. He was running the football with some authority. And the offensive line was actually blowing Utah State off the line of scrimmage early in that football game. So in the trenches, that's what impressed me. I thought in the trenches, they were not outmanned against Utah State like I thought they would be. Ian Cameron kicking with us. I am Gabriel Morancy. We're throwing it down here on Sunday, bloody Sunday. Football is back. So we've um, we've got games on Thursday. We're up against it here. We're coming up to a break in about a minute and a half here. So let me just set the table, and we'll hit these games on the other side. A really fun slate of football on Thursday, including the backyard brawl, West Virginia and Pittsburgh, an old-school rivalry, and a very interesting Interesting quarterback situation in this game with two players that were former USC Trojans that find himself playing in a backyard brawl against each other. And JT Daniels and Keaton Slovis, Pittsburgh Panthers are seven and a half point favorites. The total is 50 and a half. The game is at the Heinz, home of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, oh man, my bad. Not Heinz anymore. Whatever the hell yeah, it's called. Acrisure Stadium. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you, but better. Yeah, Ac- <laughs> it's the first time I mentioned their name, actually, this year. It's Heinz Stadium. I'm like, oh, no, no. It's like, remember, I'm like, no, it's not Heinz. Acrisure from Acrisure Stadium. Uh, Penn State and Purdue's a game I'm really looking forward to as well. That's at 8 o'clock Eastern. Pitt and uh, West Virginia is at 7 Eastern. The Boilermakers, we had uh, Jay Palm on last week, uh, Boilermaker. Uh, Purdue are getting three and a half on their home field. Hosting Penn State, total 54 and a half. Uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys lay 20 and a half to Central Michigan. The total is 58 and a half uh, right now. A lot of excitement around Tennessee, but Tennessee are a lot like Nebraska. They're hyped uh, every year. People want uh, the return to the glory days, but I do think Tennessee are better than Nebraska. We know, we know that Tennessee's offense is going to be explosive. Can their defense step up? and come up with some stops, and I think this team might be able to, to win eight football games uh, this year. All right, more on the other side with Babano. We'll get Babano's thoughts on all these games on Thursday. We'll take a look at Saturday's slate. The late-night anger management class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We've all got old stuff that we should toss, but an old 401k? Make sure it keeps working for you. 
A Fidelity Rollover IRA has no account fees or minimums to open. An easy-to-follow rollover process makes it simple to get started in under 15 minutes. Plus, you'll have access to a rollover specialist. Whether you've switched jobs or are just organizing your finances, learn more at fidelity.com rollover. Consider all your options and the applicable fees and features of each before moving your retirement assets. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Let's get down to business, uh, Papano. We had the appetizer. Now the main course um, starts to uh, to come right now. West Virginia and Pittsburgh, great football game to kick things off on Thursday. The Mountaineers are getting seven and a half. The total is 50 and a half in this game. You have any early leans in the backyard brawl? So and this is this is tricky from side and total, both, because I don't think Pitt's going to be as fall off like people think just because Kenny Pickett's gone. I mean, Keaton Slovis, despite his inconsistency at USC, is a guy that's had a lot of starting experience and starts under his belt. And Pitt wants to get back more to running the football this year. Uh, Pat Narduzzi said it. The new offensive coordinator replacing Mark Whipple, who went to Nebraska, they're going to look to get back to the old Pitt ways of doing things. You know, it's not going to be that throw the football all over the field type of offense and faster pace as well, like we saw with Pickett last year. So they're going to want to slow things down, run the football. I've still got some questions about West Virginia on both sides of the ball. This is an offensive team. They know Jared Dagey not going to be there anymore, but they had a quarterback battle that wasn't settled. I mean, I would be shocked if it's not JT Daniels, but apparently JT Daniels in camp didn't wow Neil Brown and the staff enough to really just hand him the quarterback's job. That's concerning, especially for a guy that's had as many much experience in college football as a starting quarterback as he's had. Seems and to Pitt's, be a theme of battle, though, with Daniels, right, where yep. he's on the team and he loses the job or he doesn't beat the guy out. I mean, we saw, listen, dude, he was big time a battle when he went to USC, right? He was big time. Yeah. And it, you know, then he ended up losing the job uh, there. He goes to Georgia and he played, he played. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I actually thought I was like, Ooh, I don't know if Georgia's the right place for this kid. If he couldn't cut it at USC, it still couldn't but, beat Stetson Bennett. Yeah, but he played well with Bano, but you're right. And then when push came to shove, when the big games came, they said, we're going to go with Stetson Bennett here, who was more of a game manager, if anything, but Bano, right? Yes. So, and now you figure, all right, he goes to West Virginia, and he won't have to look over his shoulder. And as you stated, he's not running away with it. So you know what I'm thinking of? And I'm going to lay this out perfectly to explain my point. JT Daniels, this situation where he goes from USC, goes to Georgia, now here he is uh, at West Virginia. This kind of reminds me of some other quarterbacks I've seen the last few years. Remember Jake Bentley started at South Carolina, a lot of promise with him, and then he went somewhere else after that to another program, and and we thought, wow, step down in class for Jake Bentley. Now he'll probably thrive now that he's not South Carolina. Well, he wasn't good there either. Then he went to South Alabama last year and was the quarterback there. 
Uh, and look, he wasn't that he struggled there. I'll how about Charlie Brewer. He didn't really cut it at Baylor. He was inconsistent. He had some good moments, but he wasn't consistent. He goes to Utah. He was horrible early in the year at Utah, gets replaced by Cam Rising, and now Charlie Brewer is going to Georgia Southern this year. Are we just all of a sudden going to assume Charlie Brewer is going to play well just because he's dropping down in class? Uh, Jake Bentley didn't get better when he went down to another lower-level school, lower-level conference. I'm not convinced Brewer is going to be uh, the be good just because he's dropping down to another conference in school. And I'm not convinced Daniels will be either here at West Virginia. So the offense does concern me here for West Virginia coming into the air. has me leaning to the under, quite honestly, in this game. And my initial thought was, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, with some changes at the quarterback spot, maybe go against them here. But I'm actually closer to laying the points with Pittsburgh than I am taking West Virginia. Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano, throwing it uh, down with us. As I stated, this is an old-school rivalry, guys. It used to be, uh, you know, used to used to be a really fun uh, series. They haven't played in, like, over 10 years. So um, it's nice to have the backyard brawl back. And I don't know, Babano, you know, when you have a rivalry called the backyard brawl, it doesn't really feel like this is going to turn into a track meet, does it? Like, you know, you said you're kind of perplexed with the side and the total. You know, the number's a little high at seven and a half, but I understand not running to the window with West Virginia. And in the total there, like you said, Pitt's going to want to run the football, and I wonder if West Virginia won't have some problems moving the football a little bit as well. I agree. I think the total's gone down for a reason here. Uh, And, you know, this is not going to look like the Pitt offense we saw last year where it was pass-heavy, where it was up-tempo. This is going to be back to the way it looked with Pitt offensively before last year, before they brought in Mark Whipple. It's going to be you know, the earlier days of Pat Narduzzi coaching this team. It's going to be run the football, play defense, slow it, slow it down. That's what they want to do this year. What about the Big Ten uh, matchup up a battle between Penn State and uh, Purdue? Two teams um, that have high hopes coming into this season. Purdue... Purdue uh, surprised people last year with the year that they had, but I think that they lost some pieces. You know, Karloftis is obviously, you know, the the dude was a monster. Uh, But with that being stated, I think Purdue are going to be good uh, again. Their offense is going to be very good. And uh, Penn, well, Penn State are sort of one of these teams that, well, you know, you almost hear it every year now with them. Well, they had a bad year last year, but they're they're going to be really, 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 really good this year. And it hasn't really happened. What do you make of this one uh, with Penn State and Purdue? Nittany Lions are three-and-a-half-point road favorites. I'll be honest, this has that Nebraska-Northwestern feel to it where I know people really think Penn State's going to be great this year, could even threaten you know, to be one of those dark horse candidates to win the Big Ten, even though I think there's going to be very hard for Ohio State not to win it. But they say if someone other than Ohio State wins it, a lot of people think Penn State could. I got to see it before I believe it. He's definitely, in terms of experience, how many years he's been here, Sean Clifford will be one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the country, but he's had his inconsistencies. He's had ups, he's had downs, he's had some injuries. He hasn't always been able to stay healthy. They're loaded at, at the skill positions, at running back, at wide receiver. I, I mean, the offense to me should be extremely good this year. The offensive line in particular uh, should be pretty good, uh, but uh, we'll have to see the defense. You know, Manny Diaz comes over from Miami to take over the defense, so we'll see how that goes. He didn't It didn't work out great for Manny as a head coach, but as a D.C., you know, he's had a pretty good track record, so that defense should be good, but don't don't sell Purdue short. Everybody sells Purdue short every year. I think Jeff Brom does a great job. He brings back his same quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, there's a couple. They're going to miss David Bell. He was an outstanding player uh, for this team, but 
The offense, I think, with the quarterback back should be solid. The defense was great last year. My big concern is they lose a lot from that defense that was a lot better last year for Purdue. But I'll tell you this right now. I'm not in a rush to lay points on the road with Penn State in their opener with the hype they're getting. I'm leaning Purdue. Central Michigan are in Stillwater. Oklahoma State, 20-and-a-half-point favorites uh, in this football game of a battle. Too many points, uh, or do you think the uh, the Cowboys roll them? Yeah, I think I could only look over the total here because, uh, look, last year Oklahoma State was a great defensive team, and they were. I mean, that might have been one of the best defensive football teams I've seen Mike Gundy have at Oklahoma State. They were great on that side of the ball, and the offense actually was what held them back. The offense was what struggled, and Spencer Sanders is back, and he hasn't always been great one game to the next, but I think he'll be better. I think the offense will be better, and that defense that was so good last year gave they lose a lot. And it is kind of like they're starting from scratch a little bit on the defensive side of the football, Oklahoma State. So, you know, after being a team that was kind of an anti-typical Mike Gundy team last year where they relied on the defense for a change and the offense, which is usually Mike Gundy's specialty, it didn't really function and execute at a high level. You might see the roles flip back to what we traditionally see with Oklahoma State this year where the offense is pretty good again and the defense starts to uh, look like the soft spot or the weak link, if you will, for Oklahoma State. So I'm leaning into the over. I think we'll see points in that game. And don't sleep on the Central Michigan offense with Jim McElwain still the head coach there. Daniel Richardson could be a pretty damn good quarterback for Central Michigan. He had a solid year last year. They might be able to put up some points against what's a rebuilt Oklahoma State defense this year. So I don't have a strong opinion on the side in this game, but I might look toward over the total. Central Michigan, Central Michigan have played Oklahoma State twice. They beat them outright, and they lost by 11, yep. all right? So when I talked about the outright one, I remember the game like it was yesterday. It's almost scary that it turns out it was actually in 2016 because it doesn't feel that, uh, doesn't feel that long ago. And if you guys remember, it was a crazy um, – hell, I think it was Mason Rudolph, actually. Pretty sure it was off the top of my head. It was Mason Rudolph that he threw it out of bounds. I don't remember, man. It was the end of the game. They they, they wanted to go for a hail mary, threw yep. it out of bounds type thing. Both, definitely within the, within the last five years. I remember. I would lean and, chips if I had to. If I had to lean to a side, I would lean Chippewas a little bit here, just because of where the number is, and because you know you've got a, a, a capable enough quarterback and offense on the CMU side, you know, and an Oklahoma State defense that, as I said, they're rebuilt on pretty much all three areas and all three levels of the defense. You know, not always the team you really want to bank on laying three touchdowns. So as I was saying about the game um, with Central Michigan and, and Oklahoma State, Central Michigan beat them outright. There was the massive controversy at the end of the game in which did the ball go out of bounds? Was yep. it in the air? And how much time was left? They were going to lose the game anyways. So, you know, it was just one of those. It was a freaky, it was a weird ending to the football game. But they were 17-and-a-half-point underdogs, and they beat them outright in Stillwater. The year before, they actually played – in Mount Pleasant in Michigan, surprisingly enough, Oklahoma State went there, and um, and um, they were I like see it now. Cooper Rush and Mason Rudolph were the quarterbacks that day, 2016, yeah. 3027 CMU. Yep. Yeah, I don't even need to look stuff up, Ben. I remember everything. <laughs> um, I do. I remember quarterbacks who was there. I, you know what? I wouldn't remember. I wasn't thinking about Cooper Rush, but I remember it was Mason Rudolph who threw who threw the ball uh, out of bounds. So you'll see a lot of that play. You're going to hear a lot of that. Uh, throughout the the week. And I tell you what, I I do think Central Michigan are very live here. Oklahoma State are going to battle. Like, they're not the same team as last year. Um, I I think there could be some points put up on the board. I think the point spread's probably a little bit too high and that Oklahoma State probably win by like 14, 10, 14, 17 
uh, type of deal. All right, so uh, we got massive games on, on Saturday, but Thursday there's a bunch of them. Ball State and Tennessee, so you got to lay 33 and a half here, uh, Babano. Total 68 and a half in this game. Tennessee team totals could be the way to go and uh, and look at in this football game. Yep. They play Pitt the following week as well. Um, so, you know, I think they could come out really fast here. You know, you could look at Tennessee in the first half, maybe a Tennessee volunteer team total. I'm not a fan of laying 33 and a half points, but I'm not opposed to trying to get a piece of Tennessee somehow here. And I think their team total is probably the way to go. You're thinking exactly what I am thinking in this game because I'm going. I'm definitely. I've got the over circled for the full game at 68, and I've got Tennessee's team total over. I'm trying to figure out which one I, I want to back, bet more. And I think in this case it might be the Tennessee team total over because I don't know if Ball State is going to score a lot because all I'm hearing too is this Tennessee defense could be a lot better. Now we know last year it wasn't great. They won a lot of high-scoring games. They were in a lot of overs last year, Tennessee. But uh, if you read anything from the Vols camp, is that they think this defense won't just be better, but potentially a lot better. Thing is, though, but they might, you know, they, they they could be a little bit better, but yeah. they'll look good against Ball State. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Against a MAC team, their defense yes. could look good, right? Which if they are the good, they could shut these anymore. guys down and hold them to like 14 points or something. Yeah. Yeah, and no Drew Plitt anymore at quarterback for Ball State. Uh, it looks like Paddock is going to be their new starter, but he was in the system last year. The offense still does have some weapons for Ball State. Their defense last year struggled. That's the issue, and it doesn't look like it's great on paper this year, Ball State's defense. And they're going up legitimately against what could be Gabe. No, they really could be a top-five offense in the country this year, Tennessee, with Hendon Hooker back, that up-tempo, blazing, fast-paced offense under Josh Heupel. They've got great offensive line. Bring back most of them to the starters there. Skill positions are loaded with talent, with weapons for Hendon Hooker. That's going to be a tough offense to stop, and Ball State's going to figure that out the hard way uh, on Thursday night. So definitely leaning over, and I think, like you said, Gabe, Tennessee team total over might be the even better option. Guys, there's there's a ton of games on Friday as well, which is super cool because, like, basically football is here now. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and um, and then boom, and then the National Football League uh, starts uh, the following week. More with Babano on the other side at level three. The late night anger for class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We've all got old stuff that we should toss, but an old 401k? Make sure it keeps working for you. A Fidelity Rollover IRA has no account fees or minimums to open. An easy-to-follow rollover process makes it simple to get started in under 15 minutes. Plus, you'll have access to a rollover specialist. Whether you've switched jobs or are just organizing your finances, learn more at fidelity.com slash rollover. Consider all your options and the applicable fees and features of each before moving your retirement assets. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Late night anger match for class continues. The quickest 180 minutes in sports talk radio. A banner will rejoin us in level three. We'll continue to break down the college football board. Man, there's a lot of games to get to. A lot of games to get to. Um, it's going to be quite the week uh, this week. Uh, of course, it's Labor Day weekend. Uh, we're going to be in Las Vegas. We'll be we'll do, we're going to be doing the show live Friday night uh, from Las Vegas, and then uh, we'll be in Los Angeles uh, for the National Football League season opener. Of course, uh, with the Bills and the Rams. So a lot of stuff uh, going on uh, over the next uh, week and a half or so as uh, football season is back. So we're just trying to set the you know set the table here for you. You know, just figure out. All right, there's like I said, there's a million games, a lot of big games we haven't gotten to. We'll get to with uh, Babano when he rejoins us. So I brought this up earlier. Washington uh, Washington rookie running back Brian Robinson shot multiple times in a robbery attempt. Um, NBC, uh, NBC's Washington J.P. Finley reported the news Sunday evening. Commanders rookie running back Brian Robinson has been shot multiple times in a robbery attempt. Sources say it's a law non-life-threatening. So um, I was saying earlier, like if anybody, if any player, and if you remember this kid, uh, he played at Alabama. This is the dude that... Um, this is the dude that never never quit, even though he always had, like, stars ahead of him. You know, a good kid. So, you know, he, he played the whole time. He fought his way through, and he finally earned the starting job last year. Had a great year. Gets drafted uh, by, uh, by Washington. Now he gets shot. Fortunately, it's not, like, threatening. But, you know... I do believe that. Listen, you get drafted. You should, you know, you should be, you know, you're, you're. It's a blessing to be in the league. But would everything that happens with Washington, would anybody blame any player if they said, "Listen, don't draft me. I don't want to go there." Like between the circus on and off the field, and now you got players getting shot. I'm telling you, the team is cursed. This is sports rage. You don't need a lot of money to do more with it. Join Padma Lakshmi, Viola Davis, and Fidelity's Women Talk Money team during our free Women's History Month series as we get real about ways you can start planning and saving for the future you want so you can feel good about your money every step of the way. Save your seat today at fidelity.com slash WHM. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, member NYSE, SIPC. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.